This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever is on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the Sickle CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Now, normally the show uh, is about your calls. We go right to them. Uh, However... There's the occasion where, where we will bring on somebody who's a, a newsmaker, somebody who is really, really uh, worth talking to. And it's, it, this is a, a show about callers, so it's very unusual that we'll bring on a guest on Free Talk Live. So you really have to be somebody special. And this lady definitely qualifies. Her name is Ajita Camargo. And before we bring her on the air, let me tell you a little bit about her. I've mentioned her a couple times over the week so far, we've uh, wanted to tell her story, but the phone lines were just so loaded over the past couple of nights, we haven't had the chance. So briefly, we'll tell you what this is all about, and then we'll hear it from her in her own words, because uh, as far as I'm concerned, Ajita Camargo is one of my heroes. She's an 83-year-old grandmother, and a grandmother of six, in fact. She lives in La Quinta, California. Now, she's run afoul, as according to David Kelly at the Los Angeles Times, of La Quinta's code enforcement bureaucracy in a big way. Big enough to put her behind bars. The city near Palm Springs... They put somebody behind bars for code violations? Yes, not only somebody, but a very nice 83-year-old grandmother. Now, what did she do? Well, she didn't do anything. The city near Palm Springs insists that one of her three bedrooms in her home is really an illegally converted garage. (laughs) Insidious. She insists that it's just a bedroom. She asks, well, what right do they have to call this a garage? I never called it a garage. How do they know it's not a bedroom? If this is a garage, then they owe me a bedroom. She walked around the room. It has cabinets. It has a sink. It has a bathroom. It has a refrigerator. For 18 months now, code enforcement officials have been after Camargo to turn the bedroom back into a garage. Insisting that her home is her castle, she has ignored more than a dozen warnings. Her resistance crumbled last week when a local judge ordered her to comply or face possible jail time. She says, I bought this place 30 years ago, and it was always a bedroom. And now they're trying to shove this down my throat. We go to the phones. uh, Special guest... Ajita Camargo is on the line with us. Ajita, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Excellent. It is great having you on Free Talk Live here tonight. You're on with uh, myself. I'm Ian. We also have Wayne and Mark in the studio. Uh-huh. And wow, this has been going on for 18 months? Yes, it has. What happened? Can you tell us the story? I mean, from the very beginning, because it's my understanding that you bought this house three decades ago. The, yes. What, I mean, this is already was a bedroom when you bought the place, and now all of a sudden, in 2008, the code enforcement bureaucracy decides to crack down on you. Well, it was a, it was a county then, you know, it wasn't a city. If I had known it was going to be a city, I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have moved here because <laughs> mm. there was nothing but desert at that time. That's right. There's a lot of and, areas outside of Los Angeles that are not part of any city. They're just part of the county, correct? Yes, it's part of Riverside County. Got it. So what was it that... Uh, that, that uh, what? Why now? Why 2008? What, what What went down? Why did they do this to you? Do you, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. They're just uh, harassing a lot of people here that have older homes. And uh, they uh, they're don't comply because they've got new codes, city codes. And uh, these are older people that can't, um, you know, can't 
do anything about it anyway. They don't have the money, and they are old, and they um, just um, they want us to all do what they want. You know, a city. Yeah, Ajita, did they? Um, was there a code uh, when when this uh, when this uh, garage supposedly was converted? Um, was there a code saying that you had to ask the county's permission to uh, convert your garage at that time? I mean, I don't know if it was a code or not. I didn't. Uh, I didn't uh, convert it. Right. And how, why would it be any for business? She bought the house as is. Okay. Uh huh. So, so. Go ahead. Um, well, um, I had three sons and a daughter, and. And the house only had two bedrooms. It's supposed to have three bedrooms. Mm-hmm. If that's what the county assessor's paper says, you know, three bedrooms and a two-car garage. I didn't need a two-car garage, so I didn't bother with that. You know, I didn't didn't bother me. Right. I didn't care about that. So they've been. But taxing... I did need another bedroom because I had three boys and a girl. So they've been taxing and you. Myself. They've been tax, taxing you in a house that's a three-bedroom yeah. house. Then all this time, <laughs> ludicrous. Three-bedroom house. Crazy. Yeah, this is pretty outrageous, and I have to say that uh, you are one of my heroes, Ajita, for standing up against these code enforcement uh, thugs, for lack of a better term, because, I mean, this is just downright despicable, reprehensible behavior on the part of these government people, and you should be uh, congratulated uh, and your praises sung from on high, because many people do not have the, uh, the the level of courage that you do to tell these bureaucrats to go and take a hike. But now they're threatening you with jail time over all this. What's... Well, well, actually, I'm not that much of a hero. I happened to get, I had three surgeries, and I couldn't do do anything about it anyway. I didn't have the money either, so. So even if you had wanted to uh, to to bow down to their de- demands, which in, in I couldn't our, have done it. You couldn't huh? aff- possibly no. afford to do it, and even and despite I, all that, you know, I, I was always sick. I imagine you've told them this. I imagine you've said, "Hey, yeah. you know, I'm an 83 year old grandmother, and I can't afford this." What did they tell you? Well, they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> I bet they don't. So, yeah, yeah, they wanted to find me five thousand dollars too, and that's wow. when I they, I said no, I didn't I didn't have the money. What's and uh, they, so they said that um, the judge said, well, uh, how about jail time? They <laughs> oh, want wow. more, but the the city wanted me to serve jail more, but the judge said thirty days was good enough. Thirty days. So yeah, but that doesn't mean that they won't they will stop harassing. Oh me no, it home. doesn't. No, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, uh, I am just amazed at this situation. This has to be the most egregious case of uh, code enforcement insanity that we've come across. Now, I am in no, I am no fan. Uh, for those just tuning into this program, I am no fan of government code. I think it's absolutely ludicrous. When somebody buys a home, they buy a home, they don't go to the government bureaucracy and ask to take a look at all the the, the, the code that they have. I mean, they're, you're talking about pages upon pages of legalese and nonsense that, you know, you and I, uh, Ajita, we're not trained to read. We're not lawyers. That's we don't right. understand That's this right. stuff. But on top of all that, you couldn't have even done that 30 years ago. I couldn't have done ago. anything because I had three surgeries. Right. So I was sick. Ajita, is there... Is there any chance that you've, um, you know, like made one of the, uh, the the people of the bureaucracy mad that they targeted you? I mean, why did they come after? Oh no, no, they're doing it to other people too. Right. I'm not the only one. City huh. needs money, Mark. Is that what it is? Yeah, they they need money. They need well, obedience. My my granddaughter uh, wrote down what um, what the uh, the the city attorney told uh, told us and my and uh, my attorney. Mm-hmm. She wrote it down. Let me read. Okay. Just a, a little. Piece of it to Certainly. You. She said, he said, 
Hi, Alexandra Head, that's my granddaughter. Witness the lawyer explain to my grandmother, Ajita Roberta Camargo, that if we didn't settle with a, with a, I don't know what she means, a, a PCE, the city of La Quinta would take us to court a million times until we complied. <sighs> they said that if we didn't settle, they would take a lien out, of, out on the house and fix it themselves. And then my <sighs> grandmother would lose the house because she would not be able to afford to pay off the loan. And she signed it. Do you own That's the house outright, said. Ajita? Is it your yes, house? Yes, I do now. Uh-huh. How long have you owned it outright? Since uh, November of uh, last year, because so, I got a, I had to get a, um, a reverse mortgage on it because um, I can't live on five hundred and thirteen dollars a month. So do it, so I had to get a reverse mortgage. So you spent a long time, a long, uh, long time working hard to pay yeah, off this yeah. this home. And now the city government people are threatening to steal your home from you yes. if you don't obey their demands, which you couldn't even obey should you have wanted to obey their ludicrous demands, which you had no idea was going to happen 30 years ago when you purchased the home. And this is so outrageous. Have you gotten an outpouring of support in the local community, or what's how's that I, come I have now. I have now ever since this day, and it came out in the local paper that I was going to go to jail. Thank goodness. I want to. Yeah. Can you hang on and, and talk to us some more for a little bit? Okay. I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to bring you back. And you know what? If you've got a question for Ajita Camargo, she is on the line with us. Great time to get it in here at 1-800-259-9231. A courageous 83-year-old woman going up against the city code enforcers. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website which is freetalklive.com. Head on over there. Enjoy all the features there for free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Ours is free, and it includes archives, an entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of the website. Enjoy on us at freetalklive.com. Also, I want to invite you to the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And uh, check it out. Get all the details about this upcoming event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Free Talk Live going to be broadcasting live. All kinds of liberty-oriented luminaries will be appearing, and you will hopefully be there socializing, networking, and having a good time because it is a very unusual event. I've never been to anything quite like it. It's like a one. It's like a, a liberty-oriented convention to the max. There are hundreds of people all in the same place that all love freedom and are all together, and there are some really cool things that happen as a result of that. So head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, get signed up, and use this discount code uh, for an extra 10% off. That's 2009FTL. That's the discount code, 2009FTL. And again, that's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we return to our special guest, it is uh, Ajita Camargo. She is on the line with us from La Quinta, California, though I'm sure she would prefer to not be in La Quinta anymore. Uh, and, uh, That's right. They, you're an 83-year-old grandmother of six. Uh, you're uh-huh. under assault by the bureaucrats at the Code Enforcement Department who have decided to target you, as well as apparently a number of other people, but you are one of them. Uh, you've been targeted to make some sig- significant changes to the home that you've lived in for 
30 years of your life. You bought this thing three decades ago where the what apparently at one time may have been a garage had been converted into a bedroom at that time. Uh, it was before you purchased it. And then now, all of a sudden, in 2008, the city code enforcement department decided they had a problem with uh, this particular extra bedroom. They ordered you to change it back. You said, look, hey, you know, I can't afford this kind of stuff. I'm uh, an older lady. I'm, I'm retired. I, I've got a very limited income. And you're telling me I have to go through this uh, this major project of changing my uh, bedroom into a garage just so you will leave me alone and not, not hurt me? In fact, then they threatened to throw you in a jail cell over all this. They threatened to steal your home. Don't forget they've been, don't forget they've been taxing her for 30 years on this uh, this dwelling as a three bedroom dwelling. They've been getting the taxes as a three bedroom dwelling, but now they want her to change it. Yes, that's right. It's crazy. So, Ajita, what is uh, what's coming next here? I mean, have they well, already? Uh, what's the current What's the current situation that that you're dealing with? They came Monday. Uh, they came Monday with uh, the code enforcement came Monday, and they met with. Um, uh, a contractor who was kind enough to say that he would uh, he would take care of everything for me for nothing. Oh, wow! And uh, they met. They also met with Mr. Mark Moran, who is uh, with uh, like a, a adult protective services or something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. And he um, and they uh, uh, they they talked. I didn't come out at all. I just couldn't stand it. You know. Yeah. And uh, so. They talked, and uh, they uh, they decided to go to the city council meeting about it. Mm-hmm. And the council had city council claimed that they hadn't heard about this at all. And so they are going to convene on November fourth, I believe, and they will uh, go over it, you know, as a city council and see what they can come up with. So what are they what are they, they could convene on? I mean, if the contractor switches it for you then then what's then, then everything's great, right? Uh well, I I don't know what else, what they want, you know, why they're going to do that. Why mm-hmm. they're going to convene, you know. Yeah, they... But um uh, they I think they want my see my grandson is I can't be by myself anymore. So my grandson came to stay with me and my granddaughter. Mhm. And we're too crowded in here because we only have two bedrooms. And oh, I so they, I think they want them to allow the, allow it to stay that way until I die or something like that. I don't know. I think it, I, I, I don't think they the should definitely be story. making an exception for you. Uh, and hopefully the, the city council will somehow waive this, uh, this whole situation because I mean, it's just so outrageous. Did you feel at any point as though the government of La Quinta was serving or protecting you? Ajita? Oh no, they were trying to get, they trying to kill me off, or or um, or take my home, or oh, it's been just a terrible nightmare. It absolutely sounds like a nightmare. nightmare because I spent all this time trying to pay pay my house off. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. And uh, and uh, then uh, uh, they they come along and want to take it away from me. Mm. It was just. Terrible, terrible. What would you say? That, I mean, what, after your current experience here, Ajita, how would you? On this program, I tend to liken the government people to, in many cases, like a big gang, uh, except that they have this legitimacy factor where people, for whatever reason, don't see them as though they are actually a gang. Would you say that you feel as though the government people in La Quinta are acting like a gang would act? Yes, they are. I, I don't know about all of them, but right. 
But they're, no, right, they're sure the, they are. The, the guys that are running the water, de- water. Right, the guys that are running the water department, they're probably not, you know, like gang members. The people the code enforcement and the people that uh, that back them up and the courtrooms and all of, everything that just sort of makes this all possible. I mean, they don't wear bandanas and they don't, you know, carry clubs or whatever, but they essentially are a, a, a big scary gang, and I'm so so, so sad that you had to go through this, and that I I hope this really works out uh, for the best for you. And it sounds Boy, like it could. But, I think that my health has just deteriorated since oh, then, and gosh. they have never re- relented. They have continuously bullied me into you know they they finally got a, I wouldn't let them in you know into the into their into the room. God bless you. And, oh yeah. And uh, and they finally got a, um, uh, you know, warrant. warrant. And they came with two policemen, and my grandson was here with me. They they pushed their way into mm. the door, and they, they one of them sat and watched me, said I wouldn't get up. I couldn't because I, I have a torn ligament in my right knee. God. And, um, and then my grandson wanted to go out and see what they were doing. Because they went into the into the extra room and they started looking, you know, and taking pictures and everything. He wanted to, and he was asking them what they were doing, and because mm-hmm. he he didn't know what was going on. And uh, they they uh, they asked him for his ID, and he said, "Well, I have to go to my room to get it." And they handcuffed him in his and that own house. Really upset me. In yep. his own, own house. house. The yeah. warrant doesn't give them the right to handcuff people. It doesn't give them the right to ask for ID. It gets them the right to come in they and They can search. do whatever they want. They've got guns on their hip, Mark. See? Are they going to refund you for the extra property taxes you've been <laughs> paying for 30 years on a two-bedroom or three-bedroom house as opposed to a two-bedroom? I mean, this I is ridiculous. Know. No, of course, I, I, not. Yeah. of course they're not. <laughs> and it's not like you're trying to hide anything. It was right on the tax rolls as a three-bedroom house. Yeah, Such, that's you, right. You have uh-huh. a great, great court case here. Oh, it's so, it'd be, but, it'd be but a that's just more situation. stress. I mean, if if you go to court, that's just more stress. She I just mean, wants to live in yeah, a house. I can't take the stress. I can't take it anymore. It's too much. Ajita, I, I wish you the best of luck. I hope that you come I'm sorry out to hear this. about your situation, and I really hope that some people um, rally to your side there in La Quinta. Uh, well, yeah. I, hope that, I hope that people, you know, that people in La Quinta who are being harassed like this, will come forward, too. I hope so, too, because that's and what they're the most... also afraid, though. They're right. so afraid. That everybody's living in this climate of fear because these government yeah. people are willing to steal homes from people, steal homes from old, you know, nice 83-year-old ladies. ladies. You've been fantastic, Ajita, and I thank you for coming on the program tonight. Oh, well, thank you so have much Have a great for night, and I hope you me. feel thank better you. soon. More on the way. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial via the toll-free number 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. 
And the features uh, also include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. The IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend a seminar at the uh, University of California, Santa Cruz, or Emory University, uh, both in March. Visit libertarianseminars.com. It's open to uh, undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates. That's libertarianseminars.com. All right. We just got off the phone with Ajita Camargo. She is an amazing old lady. She's 83. She's a grandmother of six. She is under attack by the government people in La Quinta because, well, they're money hungry and they're sick control freaks. I mean, what do you <laughs> what else do you say about this? They came after this wonderful 83-year-old sweet old lady because, well, let me get to the story here from the LA Times. I think that I think this bears more than just interviewing Ajita because there's more here uh quotes from the bureaucrats. What do they have to say for themselves over this whole situation threatening to steal a home from an 83-year-old lady that worked 30 hard years to pay it off, threatening to throw this woman in jail for 30 days? Who can defend this? They ask this? for even more. Do you remember her saying that? That the, the, the town, or the, the city wanted her to spend more time in jail than that? I, I missed that point. That's that what she point. said. Uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. So if anybody can defend the actions of the city, people would love to hear from you. Maybe you're a planning bureaucrat. 1-800-259-9231. As though this woman spending more time in jail would get the, 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 uh, the, the, this room turned into sure. a garage. And that's what, she, well, that's what she pointed out, was that if she went to jail for 30 days, she'd get out, and they'd still want her to convert the damn garage. And if she didn't, they'd probably put her back in the clink. Anyway, City Building and Safety, this is from the LA Times, by the way, City Building and Safety Director Tom Harding said that an illegally converted garage poses health and safety risks. For 30 years. Yeah. yeah there might be some leftover gasoline from 30 years ago kicking around the closet. <laughs> no one's gotten sick yet, Tom. Everything seems to be just fine. Moron. He says that going to court is a last resort. He says... To say we should not enforce the ordinances based on the demographics of the owner of the property is unrealistic. We can't do that. It's equal tyranny for all here in Laquita. <laughs> Tarting also said that in his 25-year career as a bureaucrat, he's seen only one person jailed over a violation. He said... I only one. I only one person jailed over right. a zoning that's violation. That's right, Mark. Every, everyone obeys. I mean, for the most part, everybody just obeys. Whatever it is we demand, they jump through the hoops. They spend whatever money is appropriate to spend in order to come into compliance with our arbitrarily and capriciously written zoning code. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one guy a long time ago that decided he wasn't going to, and we showed him. Boy. Yeah, that taught the rest of them, didn't yep. it? He said, in fact, he said, I think we're very fair. I don't think... <laughs> I you, think you're a jackass, look, Here's Tom. a good one for you. I don't think you will find a more reasonable department <laughs> the, the of department all the zoning bureaucrats. Asked for yeah. more time. 30 days wasn't enough. Carmargo grew up on a family farm in nearby Thermal, California. In 1977, she moved to Avenida Montezuma in La Quinta, attracted by the isolation and soaring views of the nearby Santa Rosa Mountains. She said, I was crazy about those mountains. Uh, there were no neighbors then, nothing but sand dunes. I loved it. Her troubles began when a code enforcement officer spotted a light shining from her garage into the street. A code violation. 
He noticed her trash cans in front of the house. Another violation. And weeds poking through the concrete. Yet another violation. Weeds poking oh, through the concrete? Oh, I mean, this please. happens wherever there's concrete. Not in La Quinta, Mark. We take care of those problems around here. Good Lord. You're not in compliance, old lady. Oh now God. we're going to steal your home. Anyway, what really caught his eye, apparently, were the garage doors. They were firmly fixed in the driveway and didn't, uh, didn't open. Windows lined one side wall of the attached structure. Camargo said he began yelling orders at me, and he wanted to bring in inspectors. He wanted to come in, and I said, no way am I going to let you in. Are you telling me this isn't America anymore? Now, I bet he didn't answer that question, but yeah. That's basically what the situation it's is. It's still America, but America's changed, unfortunately. It's, it's America the new with America. A K. That's right. Uh, undeterred, code enforcement bureaucrats sent letter after letter warning that continued defiance could mean a fine or jail. The department gave her repeated extensions to undo the conversion. She still didn't budge. Mike Head, Camargo's son, said, I know there are rules, but this is harassment. She's undergone three surgeries in the last two years. She's had breast cancer, brain surgery, which took her a year to recover from, and I still think she's a little dingy from that. On a recent morning in thick glasses and a long floral dress, she seemed more anxious than dingy. She said, I never had a garage. I don't need one or want one. Dingy? Dingy, I guess. I don't know. Nevertheless, the city took the, finally took the gloves off. Code enforcement showed up with three inspectors, two police officers, and a search warrant. Five bureaucrats showed up at this old lady's house. You know, they didn't, they'd never come in just one. They, they just wouldn't do it. Well, there might have been one that attempted to come in when they tried to get her to just let no, her but with the let warrant, them in. With the warrant, they'd have to let them in. That's true. Jared Head, tw- uh, 29 year Well, you never know. She could be waiting in there with a shotgun. Anyway, 29-year-old grandson was sleeping in the disputed bedroom when they arrived. He said, they just pushed right in. I said, what's this about? But they were too uh, busy taking pictures. When I asked why they were taking pictures, the police asked me for my ID. I asked why they needed my ID, and they put me in handcuffs. Camargo was indignant. She said, I didn't like to see my grandson handcuffed. The inspector went into the bedroom and and said, I can tell this has been added on. They gave me two weeks to put it into compliance. And so there you have it. Uh, says you'd uh, they've had they had a few more comments here. Oh, apparently uh, Camargo went to court. The judge ordered her to pay a three thousand dollar fine. So that's on top of whatever it is that the, uh, the the amount it would cost to actually fix the alleged problem with the uh, the garage. Yeah, that three thousand dollars is really going to do something. So she asked for the other option, which was thirty days in jail. She insisted on the jail time instead. According to the city prosecutor, I went on record. Sure, they'd rather have your $3,000, I'm sure. Uh, the city prosecutor went on record in front of the judge to say that the city did not recommend this. And so, as we that's know... That's not what she said. That's the, uh, the, the end of the story from the L.A. Times. But as we know from Ms. Camargo, uh, a very nice contractor showed up out of the blue to offer to fix the problem for free for her, which is certainly very, very nice. But the existence of, or, or the ability of people to stay in their homes should not uh should not hinge on the generosity of local contractors being willing to do work for free in order to give you know to give this woman the ability to stay there for a few more years before she finally maybe passes on but not to mention the fact she didn't want a garage she wanted another right. bedroom that's what she bought when she bought the house was yes. a three bedroom home and, and was taxed on a three bedroom home that's one of the most amazing points and i'm glad you asked that question earlier because it doesn't it actually doesn't mention that in the article here because that that shows that they knew there was a three bedroom all the time sure they were taxing her on it yeah now they want more money 
That's well, all. It's all. That's what it's all about, isn't it? it I should. would be so incensed if it were me. <laughs> I mean, what? I guess yes. Same here. But what, what are you going to do? It, it's just. It's so crazy. It doesn't even sound like There's these only rules one thing existed. This was just a, a county piece of land. The, the city of La, La Quinta didn't even exist when she bought this house. And usually, you know, they they tend to grandfather these types of things in. Normally they do, but uh, you know, like you say, these governments are starving for cash, and they're willing to try to get it wherever they can if they. They can't extract it from the homeowner. They'll just extract the homeowner from the home, take the home for themselves, and then sell it off to somebody else. Uh, scum. Yeah, it is. They they are scum. And, you know, it's stories like this that uh, really need to get, get people to pay attention. Look what's going on around you. If this is happening, if you live in La Quinta, what do you think the chances are that this is going to turn around anytime soon? Even with all of whatever the public outcry might be about Ms. Camargo and whatever amount of press attention she happens to be getting, what about all the other unsung cases that she was telling us about? She said she was just one of many, that there were many older people in the area that had been targeted by these code enforcement bureaucrats to try to extract money from them and gain these, you know, get get compliance. What about all of those people? What can be done about this? Well, I have a suggestion. We'll talk about it here in moments. 800-259-9231. I think there's little that can be done in La Quinta, but we'll find out. And uh, we'll take your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, totally free. So enjoy those, and if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com for as little as 3 bucks a month. You get on board with AMP, you'll get access to perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum. You'll also get classic archives. Uh, as well as a special AMP-only pod version of the podcast. All of that and more uh, over there at amp.freetalklive.com. But the number one reason is to help Free Talk Live get into more ears. If you like what you hear on Free Talk Live, you'd like other people to hear this show, that's the number one reason to AMP, because AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. We take that three bucks in from you, combine it with everybody else uh, and their three bucks or three or so, and uh, we use that money to purchase advertising. Uh, in various different talk radio, uh, we we advertise in uh, the talk radio Talkers Magazine. Uh, we've we've got also of Google course, internet advertising. Yes, uh, some other radio industry publications, and all of this results. And there are other things we spend the money on. You can see it all at amp.freetalklive.com. All of it results in Free Talk Live getting on more radio stations and more internet listeners coming on board. So help us out. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Now, before we return to phone calls here, uh, just a few more comments on the situation in regards to Ajita Camargo. As we just spoke with her earlier this hour, 83-year-old grandmother of six under fire from the city code enforcement bureaucrats uh, in La Quinta, California. They threatened to steal her home from her. They threatened to throw her in a jail cell. They've uh, slapped her with all kinds of fines, all because she bought a house 30 years ago that had a garage converted into a bedroom. In that the garage was converted before she ever bought the house. Now in 2008, the city code enforcement department, after the city had been taxing her on a three-bedroom home for 30 years, has decided that she needs to turn that third bedroom back into a garage or else. Or else she'll go to jail and then she'll have her house stolen from her. And that's the situation that we live in today. Now why is it this isn't happening everywhere else in the country? Well, it's only because people obey. 
it's because Ajita let this situation go to the point where the government brought out the guns, where the government showed the gun in the room. Now, most people know the gun is in the room. Most people realize that the government and its demands are backed up by the threat of violence, and that's why they obey. Because they know that if they don't, there's a cold jail cell waiting for them. Or worse, they'll have their own home stolen right out from under them. That's why people obey. But Ajita let it get to the point where they actually were willing to bring the guns out. And that's why this, this story is, so, is, so, is, is more particularly notable than any of the others. The others aren't news because people that obey the state aren't newsworthy. They happen day in and day out. You can better believe that the La Quinta Code Enforcement Department is driving around all day long looking for people with these code violations. I mean, it's so insane that weeds growing through cracks in sidewalk in La Quinta is a code violation. This is a money-generating revenue source for the government people. They drive around and they find this crap. They did it down in Florida. They had code enforcement bureaucrats whose full-time jobs it was, multiple code enforcement bureaucrats whose full-time jobs it was to drive around and ticket people for this stuff. But it's never news when people pay the bureaucrats and they obey their demands. It's only news when somebody stands up and says, I've had enough of this crap. Can you imagine being her and, you know, 30 years ago she moves there and there's nothing around her. She's got place all to herself. Mm-hmm. And over time, people start moving in around her and, all, and the Jack Nicholas private golf course pops up on one side, the Greg Norman course. During the break, I did a little investigation. I've never been to La Quinta, even though mm-hmm. I lived out in California for a while. But it looks to me like this could be a classic case of what they call ethnic cleansing. What's that mean? In the circles. Well, what you do is you try to drive out certain uh, demographics of your population to make room for more of what you want, which is higher income people who spend more money, who you can charge more for property taxes. It was really being done in Sarasota, too. Um, Really? Well, during the time that... when the housing bubble was going on, what the people were looking at was all this, you know, what in Sarasota was high land. You know, it was an entire 10 feet above sea level or something like that in the uh, in the new town area, which was, you know, the bad section of town. And they would have liked to have seen those people go elsewhere. Move north of the county, north of the county line. You can get out of here. And it was it was happening. The uh, the, the they were they were hmm. coming up from uh, Main Street downtown and, and they were, you know, sort of driving people out essentially with the home prices. It's crazy. They, uh, they do this sometimes by raising people's property taxes who can't afford it. Right. They do it by uh, enforcing bogus code uh, violations. Uh, this is how they do it. That's what they've done here. And as Ajita was telling us, she's not the only one that's being targeted. So it wasn't just her. It's a whole bunch of people uh, out there. And the ones that can't afford it will jump through the hoops. And then the people like Ajita will be put in a real tough place between choosing between their home or a cold jail cell. And I want to hear from you on this. And, of course, what can be done about this? Well, I don't know. What can be done anywhere else but here in New Hampshire as far as the Free State Project, people moving here to New Hampshire to get active for liberty and help protect people in Ajita's position, help protect people who the state is coming down upon, help back them up, give them a support network? I mean, Ajita says that people have uh, you know, have shown an outpouring of support, but it's only to, uh, it's only to help her with compliance. I mean, and that's fine because it'll help keep her, you know, help her allow to, um, to keep her house, and that's what's important with her. But it won't solve the problem. If that if that construction uh, construction guy comes and fixes the problem for her as he promised to do for free, which is a really really nice offer on his part. If he comes and does that, that will not prevent the code enforcement bureaucrats from getting up at eight in the morning the next day and going out and ticketing another hundred people. It's not going to solve that problem, and that's the problem. 
So what is it that can solve that problem? Well, you could say, well, we can run for office and we can go and we can change things. Well, good luck doing that where you are. What do you think? How, how, do you, how successful, Mark, do you think you would have been down in uh, Sarasota, Florida, running for office and trying to change the system down there? Uh, well, actually, I can t- tell you about uh, a guy who was in my neighborhood and uh, his name, I think it was Terry. It's, it's, um, uh, it's escaping me at the moment. But uh, essentially, he lived, he lived in my neighborhood in Sarasota and he mm-hmm. wanted to do just that. He didn't like, uh, you know, s- s- uh, some big condom coming in and he tried to run and yeah, had no luck and got nowhere pretty much uh, now I'm not, and I'm not saying it's not possible to do in New Hampshire if it is possible anywhere it's possible here because of people like Dennis and the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is a great organization that's really doing some amazing stuff in the, in the realm of politics but I think that we could really see some amazing changes if we actually had some activists that were willing to put it on the line and say you know go to hell we're not going to obey your ludicrous demands we're not going to pay your absurd taxes we're going to live like free people and if you want to come and throw people out of their own home Homes, we're going to have a bunch of people waiting there for you. Not necessarily to get violent, but, you know, what if you had a bunch of people come and camp out at your house when they were trying to steal your home from you? They had to throw 50 people out of a home, and there were video yep. cameras around and things like that. I'm just it's, trying to think of something different, something, some new approach to well, this. Well, you see that you see that when they came to Ajita's house, they brought five bureaucrats yeah. for a house that had three people living in it. Right. <laughs> um, the, the bureaucrats hate to be outnumbered. You saw when at mm-hmm. Lauren Canario's trial, they tried to put a a law enforcement officer, a, a federal law enforcement officer, in the courtroom for every um, New Hampshire underground type person who did. who happened to be in the courtroom, and uh, they, they'd hate to be outnumbered. They um, they work like a gang. They sure do, which is why we need to have greater numbers than them. Not only do we need to have greater numbers, but we also have to have numbers of people that are willing to put it on the line. Because if you're not willing to take a risk, then you're just going to keep bending over, and you're going to keep paying, and you're going to keep obeying. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to Bill in Missouri. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. I, man, I can't tell you how much I'm just bristling with anger hearing that story. It's disgusting. Uh, it's just unbelievable. But... Uh, and and uh, you guys touched on it just a little bit. What I was going to suggest looking into is not just not necessarily just the ethnic aspect of it, but just you know maybe they're trying to raise those houses so they can build something else. Yes, and that's their way of uh, enforcing it and getting people out of there. Uh, well, according to what uh, Wayne was looking at, you were looking at the map of La Quinta, and it's very, very developed. I mean, the entire thing looks like a golf course. And it's known as a resort uh, town now. <clears throat> In fact, on the La Quinta. Uh, city website, it says Gem of the Desert. That's what they call themselves, Gem of the Desert. So you, you can see what they're trying to do there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to run some people out so they could make another development there. There's probably an older neighborhood, so they want to level it and build something else. Yeah, exactly. It sounds exactly like what they're doing. Is there a, uh, a news story, uh, uh, like a headline or something I can search for and... and, and I'd love to, uh, you know, link that story on my MySpace page. Well, and all that. we always put, uh, we always, most always put our show prep on the Free Talk Live bulletin board system in the Issues Forum. You can normally find our prep there, but if you just search for uh, Ajita Camargo, C A M A R G O, or 83 year old, okay. I'll post it on the uh, again the BBS under the Issues Forum. You'll be able to find it there. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, and, Bill. Uh, keep up the good work. Good hearing from you. We continue to talk to Pete in California. Pete, you are in, uh, on Free Talk Live in the, the same political geographic designation as uh, Ms. Camargo. How do you feel tonight? Uh, I feel real good. I just wanted to make everybody aware if they would get into their California Constitution and look at Article 1, Section 9, it says that there will be no ex post facto law. 
says it right there. So, I mean, any attorney or anything could go to bat for her and use California. She probably can't afford an attorney. I mean, it's like Wayne no, says. They, 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 have, they have people that basically uh, uh, pro bono. Well, well I, hope they get, I hope they get a hold of her because, yeah. uh, you know, it's been going on for 18 months now. Get in touch with... Well, see, she, she has recourse if the court... Basically if you want to tell us more, hang on, Pete. We're welcome to come back here in moments. Hour number two is on the way. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching at hour number two, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As we continue here with your phone calls, if you're just tuning in, give you a little context of what some of these calls might be talking about. Last hour, we had a uh, special guest on the program with us, a rarity for Free Talk Live, so you have to be really somebody special, and this lady certainly was. 83-year-old Ajita Camargo was on from La Quinta, California, which, as we just discovered, again, uh, Wayne doing a little bit more digging uh, during the break, we discovered that uh, La Quinta, even in the year 2000, was only a a city or town the size of uh, 23,000 people, so it's about the size of our very own little Keene, New Hampshire. And uh, here in Keene, I've got my garbage cans out in front of my house. I don't even have a sidewalk. There's weeds everywhere. So <laughs> it's a lot more free here in New Hampshire than it is in La Quinta, California. There's no doubt about that. Uh, of course, everywhere you go, for virtually everywhere, unless you are in somebody somewhere like a Grafton or you know, some little place that doesn't have these kinds of absurd government strictures on what you can and can't do with your property. Uh, everywhere you go, there's some code enforcement bureaucrat waiting around the corner uh, just to try to fine you and demand your compliance so you can obey all of their absurd rules that they've written over all the years about what your property is supposed to be like. I've, uh, I'm in a conflict right now with the Code Enforcement Department in Keene. In fact, I had a meeting with one of them yesterday morning, and l- things are a little bit better between me and the Code Enforcers here in Keene than they are with Ms. Camargo uh, and the La Quinta Code Enforcement. I'll, I'll tell you more about that if I have a chance. But we are going to get to these phone calls. But what I wanted to let you know is that Ajita Camargo has been threatened. She has been threatened by the code, enfor- <clears throat> the code enforcement bureaucrats there in La Quinta with throwing her in jail and stealing her home from her if she does not obey their absurd demands to con- convert a converted garage back into a garage in a home that she bought 30 years ago and at the time she bought it, it already had that third bedroom, that the, the garage had already been converted. She didn't even ever really know that it was a garage. She never thought of it as a garage. It was always a third bedroom to her. And, and they've been taxing her right. a three-bedroom home for all these years. For three decades, she's been paying taxes on a three-bedroom, and now they want her to change it back. And if she doesn't, and she can't afford to, she's a nice old lady, but she's living on retirement income of very, very little. Social Security. dollars she said. Yep, Social Security. Uh, she's got a reverse mortgage on her house now. That's how she's living. She doesn't have she doesn't have the thousands of dollars it would take to hire a contractor to come in and fix this home. Or it doesn't even need fixing. The home is fine. It's just the government people are demanding things. And as Ajita told us, she is scared, and she's not the only one. People are frightened to death of these people calling themselves government. She doesn't feel like she's being protected and served. That government's not there protecting her. 
What is it doing? Well, it's protecting its own interests. It's lining its pockets with extracted money and obedience. From they fined her three thousand dollars for non-compliance, yep. and I thought she was sentenced to the, uh, the the time in jail already. Isn't that uh, what the judge said? I don't know no. how that came back. I don't believe it came back that way. I'm not sure what they uh, what they ended up doing there. And by the way, the picture in the L.A. Times of her sitting in that room, mm-hmm. the room looks very well finished, yeah, nicely it's a nice painted. Bedroom. It's not like the place is a dump. It's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, so it's really just absolutely outrageous what's going on here. I want to continue with your phone calls. Uh, Pete is still on the line. Pete in California, you're saying this woman has a case if she were to be able to dig up a lawyer somehow uh, because of the California Constitution actually says that there shall be no ex post facto, was it, laws? Uh, ex, ex, ex post facto law in Article 1, Section 9. So all all she needs to do, and she's going to have to, please remember what I'm telling you, and it applies almost in any of the counties in California, you've got to get an attorney outside of the county to take your case. Hmm. Well, if you can, I, I mean, if somebody can dig up somebody who can help her with this, uh, I would be happy to, if you can email me, I'll be happy to put you in touch with one of her family members. That's how I got in touch with her. I emailed the guy that wrote the LA Times article and asked how to get in touch. And so if somebody can go and do the footwork there, maybe help this uh, poor old lady out, uh, it's just an awful well, situation. The, the, what I was going to tell you is the attorney coming onto the case, if he does come onto it, will make the money in a counter suit is where he'll make his money. Mm-hmm. I see. And so they, they'll and sue I know, the government. I know, I, know, I know the county doesn't want to do this because I was involved with the county of Riverside a long time ago over a property issue. And I finally got it resolved, but that was in the administrative part of the uh, law. And see, she's passed the administrative since the judicial judge has gone ahead and issued up a a sentence against her. So what she really needs to do is to file a counter-complaint, but she's going to need, naturally, she's 83 and she doesn't know the law, but she's going to need an attorney to do that. But he he will make his money. I, I think it would be great if somebody could go and do the footwork and help out Ajita. If you happen to be in California, you know somebody who might be able to help well, her out. It, it sounds like all she needs to do is uh, be informed of this information. I mean, because the, 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 uh, it's not like she has to hire the attorney. The attorney will do it on spec. But somebody has to find her an attorney. You well, know, yeah. so you have See, to find what, one that's going to do that. What the city has already done is the city has run out what we call administrative law. So what, what it's come down to is they ask for a decision of the judge, which is final. So what has to actually happen there is a uh, lawsuit has to be filed, a counter-lawsuit, because really all of the proceedings from day one don't conform to the California Constitution. Right, so she'd sue based on that. I see where you're coming from, and I hope somebody can help her out. I'm, I'm more than happy to pass whoever it is on to, on to a family member of Ajita's uh, in order to get her this assistance, and I thank you for the call. 1-800-259-9231. You can email me at ian at freetalklive.com if you can help or if you know somebody who can help her. But the problem's not going to stop there. If we can save Ajita, what about all the other people that we don't know? What about the other 100 people that they just ticketed this past week? What about them? Who's going to help them out? That's I don't right. know. Maybe this one attorney could go on a crusade. Who and, knows? And let's say that Ajita gets really uh, upset and decides to sell her house. Well, now she's only gets to sell a two-bedroom house rather than a three-bedroom yeah. house. It's outrageous. We continue with your calls. Dennis is on the line on the amp line in New Hampshire. Hey, greetings, Freedom Fighters. Hi, Dennis. <laughs> So I, I don't know how to help this lady in California particularly, but I do know that I uh, I see lots of issues like this get discussed here in New Hampshire. And let me let me start out by saying 
you know, okay, New Hampshire has no state income or sales tax. Why? Uh, Because uh, people here in New Hampshire haven't uh, managed, uh, you know, have wanted to steer away from that so far? Yeah, well, that's that's part of it. I mean, part of it is sort of the native culture. Sure. Um, They believe in starving the beast. A lot of the reason why they, the opponents or the, the big state people have not been able to get that income tax, even though I mean, New Hampshire had a, a governor not that long ago, Jean Shaheen, mm. who was overtly in favor of an income tax. She mm. said, yes, I want an income tax. Um, and it was after that experience that the coalition of New Hampshire taxpayers came out with the no income or sales tax pledge. And they put a whole lot of um, – they, they really got the word out about that pledge. They made sure that all the politicians, especially the governor, you know, they made a really big ceremony. They make a big deal of, of it. And so now you pretty much can't get elected governor in this state unless you sign the pledge. Hmm. Now, so, so the Coalition of New Hampshire Taxpayers, I look to them as a guy who's fairly recently moved into the state um, as people who are like, wow, you guys have got some stuff done that's really held the state at a pro-freedom level, and I try to study what they did and and how they did it and and learn from the people who are doing it. And uh, they, on their podcast, all the time talk about issues just like ones this lady is facing, where someone in some small town, the local bureaucrats there who believe they're gods, just you know, ignore the law. They ignore the state statutes. They ignore the Constitution. You know how these people are. Mm-hmm. And the way that they typically fight them is in the courtroom. And from what I'm seeing, time after time, I mean, it's a very long process. It's not like you can in an afternoon, you know, stages sit in and then everyone decides, oh, my God, I'm not going to face down these protesters. Um it's a process that can take years, and they do a lot of time gathering up the information, and they've spent a lot of time learning um, the New Hampshire laws, and in some cases getting laws passed to make this easier. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Dan- uh, Dennis, and I don't know if you have more, but hang on. I don't know. I don't have time. I don't have years to spend on this kind of crap. If a bunch of bureaucrats want to come and uh, go after me for some code violation, I don't have that kind of free time. The, the bureaucrats do. It, that's that's one of the big problems here. We need more people here getting active to help these people out in whatever way we possibly can. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those. And they include uh, everything, including the uh, the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts there. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's BBS. .freetalklive.com. John Plaster talks about snipers, sniper history, and sniper training. Mark Hatmaker tells all on grappling, martial arts, and his grueling workouts at paladinpodcast.com. Paladinpodcast.com is a service of Paladin Press. You can browse over 900 books and DVDs on topics such as personal financial freedom, Second Amendment issues, military history, self-defense, and more. 
Remember, it's paladinpodcast.com. So Dennis is on the line in New Hampshire, and you're telling us, Dennis, that in some of the cases up here where people have been under fire from the local code enforcers or zoning bureaucrats, uh, that they've had some success in fighting back with the Coalition of New Hampshire Taxpayers, but in court, which, as you say, takes years to actually accomplish, and who knows how much in legal fees, uh, I think there has to be a better way to go about this, and I think that if we had mass non-cooperation, and when I say mass, I mean, you know, 50 people, uh, if we had a bunch of people non-cooperating and, uh, st- and just stopping obeying these thugs, then I think we could have some, uh, some interesting changes, and I think it would happen a lot faster and a lot cheaper. I think I'd rather have the court ruling. Maybe. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that non-cooperation on a massive scale won't work. I, I haven't seen it tried you know, with my own eyes. Um, I just want to point out that there is this other option, and one of the things that going through either a legislative or a judicial process is that you then have a precedent or a law, and what you do is you you build up a strategic set of tools, very much like the same way that the statists build up a quote-unquote set of tools to attack us with. So you build up things like New Hampshire has what they call a right-to-know law, and it gives people an enormous legal ability to say, I want all your records on blah, whether it's your, you know, your mm-hmm. financial report for the year or you know, whatever these people have or the fact that they have to have meetings that are public and recordable and things like that where you, you set yourself up that, yeah, you might spend a year or two or four um, getting some of these things in place, but then you've got them and you can build on them going forward. So when it well, that's presuming like, they don't ignore their own precedent, which we've seen courts all around the country do free, frequently. I mean, there's all kinds of people that have gone into courtrooms and said, well, see here in this Supreme Court case and this Supreme Court case, this happened, this happened, and this happened. And then the judge just says, well, that's your interpretation. Overturned. Frivolous. Move on. Yep, that does happen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say that this is the perfect or only way to go forward. I'm just saying if I look at what I know has worked, if I take a look at, well, why, why is it that you know, New Hampshire turned out to be a, a pretty good place to choose. And what would we do with a situation like this in New Hampshire? Granted, part of it is, hey, there are great groups like um, Liberty Alliance and New Hampshire taxpayers and so on and so forth. And part of it is a cultural thing. But a lot of what I see in terms of, wow, we got this and this and this is because of the people willing to go through this process and invest an enormous amount of time. But at the end of the day, you have people that know the laws or, for example, know the Constitution, which is not hard. And I like to say the Constitution, just being able to – you know, we had a case – here's an example. Just this morning, all right, my mother-in-law would like to vote. She's living with us, helping us out for a little while. And, uh, you know, so she went in to go to register to vote, and the bureaucrat behind the desk in our town says, oh, well, what you need to do is – contact the, the, the voting registration place in the old place where you used to vote, and they'll send us paperwork, and we'll send us them paperwork back. And it's clear this isn't going to happen in the two weeks that we've got, yeah. right? So I just found the appropriate piece of law in the, uh, in, in the statutes, and uh, my wife calls up and says, oh, well, you know, because my wife called up because she's nicer than me. I'd explode and get angry at these people, and that's counterproductive. <laughs> I'd say, think, yeah, I, yeah. So my wife calls up and she can be nice. Say, hey, how are you doing? Blah blah blah. She says, oh, well, you know, I was just reading RSA five sixty two colon seven, and it says here, you know, that your future intent to move, blah blah blah. And it doesn't say anything here about your old, your old mm, address. Yeah. And they're just, you know, what? What? And they say, oh, you know what? That must have been a confusion on our part. Why don't you just sure. have her come down to the office? We'll be all done. Yep. 
Sounds about right. Being able to say, hey, this is, you know, specifically law number blah, or being able to say, well, when I read the New Hampshire Constitution, part the first Article 3, it says blah, blah, blah. It disarms these people in a beautiful, profound way. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, I love asking them questions that'll that will like back them into a corner they can't escape from. Like, you know, a good question like, "Have you read the New Hampshire Constitution?" You'd be surprised how many bureaucrats have never read it. You know, the, the funny thing is, is they don't have any idea what the law is, and I'm sure no, this, is, this is true in other states. However, um, in in New Hampshire, they've you know they they have a long and beautiful history of of uh, loving freedom, so they've got some some really interesting laws. In New Hampshire, you don't have to register to vote at your domicile, you can register to vote at a uh, mailbox. And you can walk in uh, the day of and actually just sign a piece of paper and, and get registered. And you can have that same mailbox, the private mailbox, um, as your address on your driver's license. Well, at the driver's license bureau, they're like, no, 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 no. You've got to have your uh, d- domicile. Well, when you walk in and say, here's the law, see? They, right. they, they can't do anything with yeah. it. Yeah, I see where you're coming and from. we have some great ways to, to leverage that. I mean, I didn't know any of this crap when I moved here. But we have things, again, like the, the Liberty Alliance or the bill reviews. You start reviewing bills just as a side effect. You wind up learning pieces of law, and it's pretty cool. You, you can then quote those and use them against people or learning the Constitution. There is no doubt that, that in New Hampshire the, uh, you know, the laws are less egregious than they are in other places. I mean, I'm with you there, so if you're going to use the system, you'll probably have better luck here in New Hampshire, especially if you have people backing you up. Uh, but at the same time, it seems to me that the most relevant part of the New Hampshire Constitution is Article 1, which says that it's by the consent of the governed. And therefore, if you don't consent, then their laws don't really matter to you. I mean, not to suggest that you can just go murder people. Obviously, you need to not harm others. But as far as their statutes are concerned, as far as all their little uh, nonsensical, absurd, you know, capricious legislation they put through, if you don't want it to apply to you, then withdraw your consent. And then what are they going to do? Well, they'll have to bring out the guns in the cages. And uh, will they do? that? Will they throw innocent, uh, harmless, peaceful people in cages for disobeying these laws? Well, we found out that earlier this year at Freedom Fest here in Keene, which there's another one coming up on Sunday. Are you going to be out there, Dennis? No, unfortunately, I have some other obligations that day, but the Liberty Alliance will be there. Good to know. We'll see uh, those folks there at that time, and I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, So so anyway, uh, the... The Liberty Alliance, uh, oh yes, I was talking about uh, civil disobedience. So earlier this year, we had people gambling in public. They were putting money on the line, and any time you risk something for possible uh, potential loss or gain in a game of chance, that's gambling. And so people were out there breaking those laws, which, of course, we don't consent to. So it was for we... pennies, but that's still, the, still what was going on. I think we're going to up the ante this weekend to, like, nickels, nickels. And, and dimes and quarters or something. like. Who knows? Maybe somebody even throw down a dollar. Uh, it's, un- it's unknown. It won't be what... you, will it? I'm going to gamble this time. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, a dollar? I'll throw, I'll put the, I think I was thinking of put a dialer down on uh, Jim's dice game. J- Jim Johnson, the husband of Lauren Canario, is going to bring out his dice game. And so if you put a dollar down and you win the dice game, you get like 16 to 1 odds or something like that. Of course, you probably lose, but hey, that's gambling. Anyway, so we were gambling in public, and we're going to be gambling in public again uh, this weekend, and the cops left us alone. You know, because if there are enough people breaking these bad laws, they really can't do anything about it. It's, you know, it gets back to that numbers game where there just aren't enough of them. So what we need is enough of us, which is one of the reasons why you should get here and get active here, whether your brand of activism is in the political realm, as Dennis is uh, involved in. And, of course, Dennis also does his own TV show, which is sort of, I guess, outside of the political realm. Uh, So whether it's inside the political realm or whether it's market-based activism, there is something here for you. And if it's not here, then you should start it and people will join you. More coming up. Free Talk Live. 
This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are free. So enjoy those on us, including live streams. Got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, as well as a webcam. All available free to you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen. .freetalklive.com. And do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's innerknobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Or you can see their banner on our website at freetalklive.com. Again, innerknobs.com. Nice folks over there. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls about what you want. It is Dan in Texas. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. How's it going, guys? Hey, Dan, what's on your mind tonight? Well, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm a day behind on your podcast because that's how I listen to it at work. I don't mm-hmm. get it live. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about your amplifier program. Sure. Now, I just joined last week, and it was, I want to let you all know that it was in direct response to that uh, Adam in New York guy. Ah, Adam, who offered to pony up a uh, an exact match, dollar for dollar, for everybody that signed right. up for AMP within a week's period of time. Very cool. Thank you for doing that. Right. I've been wanting to do it for a long time, and uh, when I heard that, I actually stopped what I was doing at work. I walked over to the computer, and I signed up. Wow. That's so, great. Uh, there's that. But uh, I'm also a member of the Free State Project, and uh, I am ready to go right now. I have a lot of friends up there. And uh, at, at this point, it's just a matter of convincing the old girlfriend to go up there because she says it's cold. Oh, this is one of the this is <laughs> you know besides the the it's cold objection. She's right, you know. I the, mean, it it is cold. The However, signif- <laughs> the significant other objection uh, has to be one of the toughest ones for people to deal with. Right, right. Where do y'all? We're, you, we're working on it. We're working on it. She's she's agreed to visit with me, so it's not, it's not and I'll be I'll actually be in uh, New Hampshire uh, middle of next month for a pumpkin shoot, and that brings me to my real topic. Okay. Y'all don't talk a whole lot about uh, uh, firearms rights, but that's that's pretty dear to my heart. I'm sure y'all are y'all are into it. I just don't hear it brought up very often. It's big here. And we have here in town, in the middle of the hill country in Texas, a weekly machine gun shoot. Oh, that's great. And uh, and barbecue sponsored by one of the local manufacturers here in town. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually overheard something the other day that that made my head hurt. And 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 granted, these are all people that own machine guns, sound suppressors, are into it. I mean, they're they are gun guys. They're not just the, sure. uh, you know, once a month, once a once a year hunters. Yeah. And they were observing. They were they were looking at a lever action, an uh, uh, antique lever action rifle, and one of them, an ex police officer, made the comment that I'm glad I have this rifle because they'll never want to take this one away. They may take this other one over here, pointing to a machine gun, but they'll never try to take this one away. And I, and I couldn't believe I heard that coming from a from a you know a, a gun owner that's that's you know quote unquote into it. Are you suggesting and, uh, that you were surprised because you would think that gun owners would not bend over for such things? Well, no, I, I know they will. Um, just look at the the hit the law, you know, history of the laws. And look I'm at uh, look, so I haven't been around for a whole lot of it, but I, I know the history, and I know they'll do it. 
But, We've but seen them do it. We've seen them do really it. In, uh, it. We saw them do it after Hurricane Katrina. There was after right. uh, they confiscated guns after a tornado in Kansas, was it, Mark? I, I believe. And well, the, what, what he's surprised at is that these guys said they'll never come. Not they'll never try to come or anything like that. It's just that they accepted that when they come, they will give them up. Is that right? right? Well, you know, well they broke it down to different types. It's like it was like the lever action, the little cowboy gun. That one's safe because it's not mean and scary and black. You know, mm. and it just it, it boggled my mind that these and it's the same guy. In fact, last night I asked him point blank because he's an ex law enforcement officer, and we were talking about you know they're convinced that Obama's going to get in, and they're all crying about all this stuff. I, you know, and I tell <laughs> him it's the same thing no matter what. You're going to get the same crap no matter what. But, you know, I point blank asked him, I said, look, you know all the local law enforcement guys. I said, what – the local guys, what will they do when the uh, when the feds come to, to enact this kind of stuff? And he got a little uncomfortable with that question. That he did. Because he knows, uh, which, he knows where part? his bread is buttered. You know, he knows that the uh, local police departments all across the country are receiving Homeland Security grant money from the federal government. Oh, yeah. They're just receiving thousands upon thousands of dollars, and they get to spend it all kinds of, you know, boy toys like uh, bomb, uh, bomb robots and uh, armor. Right. And, uh, well, even this little town of Freshburg here in the middle of Texas, it's not a big town at all. And, and they have, you know, black BDUs, and they're mm-hmm. buying, you know, M4, you know, automatic rifles for the squad cars, and... You know, it's just we—it's a little BFE town. We don't—we don't need that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? uh, it's absolutely so. outrageous, and it's yet another reason, as you say, to get up here to New Hampshire because right. well, the gun I'm culture up here is fantastic. Uh, I mean, it, the, well, you know, I'm a machinist by trade, and I specialize in exotic small arms, and I'm—I'm I'm already looking, putting the feelers out for uh, employment up there because I know there's quite a few manufacturers, importers, et cetera, et cetera, up there. So I'm—I'm I'm definitely interested. Excellent. I would like to point out that Free Talk Live does cover uh, gun issues on this program. We oh, talked no, about the, the Heller decision right. over uh, over the summer, and uh, we certainly talk about open carry a lot here in New Hampshire. Right. Uh, and, of course, oh, we discussed that, the gun confiscations re- when they happened as well. Right. And speaking of I just received my New Hampshire uh, concealed carry license in the mail. I have a, a Texas one, so getting a New Hampshire one was just a piece of cake. Oh, I see. So when I go up there uh, in November, early November, I will be open carrying and carrying in the car now that I have my uh, concealed carry license. So Fantastic. I'll be carrying the entire time I'm there. So anyway, appreciate the uh, call, guys, and uh, keep up. And hey, do do us one favor, or do the uh, yeah. the activists up here a favor. When you're coming up, post over at nhfree.com and let folks know when you're coming. I have. Okay, and great. I hope, I'm leaving Tuesday, but I'm leaving later in the afternoon, so I hope to make – the Taproom Tuesdays, because I am staying in Manchester. So Definitely something that people want to go and see. I have yet to make it out. I don't know if I ever will, because I work on Tuesday nights, but it's a great it's right. a great time from what I am told, and enjoy your trip, and I thank you for the call tonight, Dan. Appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, to anybody that's going to come up and visit New Hampshire, post over at nhfree.com on the forum there. Let people know when you're coming, where you're going to be, and you'll be surprised at the amount of folks that will just turn out to meet you, even though they don't know who you are. They'll turn out, and they'll be friendly, and you'll have great conversation, and it'll really, uh, really show your significant other that there's some really nice people here. Yeah, and you're not going to be lonely when you first uh, arrive because there'll be people you know. It's so true. We continue. Andy is on the line in Michigan. Andy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, guys. Andy, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I have a bit of a a moral dilemma here. Uh, Okay. Being the type of person that I am, I don't don't believe in uh, using authority against other people. Sure. But today, I saw a United States postal worker jaywalking. 
What are we going to do with this criminal? <laughs> it's out of control. Were you were you considering going to the police and snitching? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but, you know, on one hand, jaywalking is a stupid law. Yes, yes it is. It's it's. It's got to be one of the dumber ones. Of course, it's hard to rank them because there's so many of them. But mm-hmm. um, on the other hand, the guy doing the jaywalking was a bureaucrat. Well, I can understand the indignance, and Andy, I thank you for the call. I'm going to let you go. The car noise is driving me crazy. Well, he's, they're, they're sort of semi-bureaucrats. Uh, the post office isn't entirely yeah. um, run by the government. Yeah, that's true. But I could, I could understand. Let's say it was a bureaucrat. Okay, let's change it into a cop. That was actually jaywalking, which would be even better, right? Then he shouldn't be arresting himself or ticketing himself. So uh, so you could feel indignant about it, like, hey, that's not fair. Those bureaucrats, they get away with things that we don't. And it's true. The bureaucrats do get away with things that uh, the rest of us don't. The bureaucrats have the ability. They've got the, they know everybody, especially if you're in a smaller uh, smaller town where all the bureaucrats are kind of this close-knit group and everybody knows everybody else. They go out golfing together. They go and they have uh, dinners together with their families and things like that. Uh, those people aren't going to be in trouble for anything like that, anything minor like that. They'll, they'll be protected. I mean, we know that the cops get protected from murdering people. So jaywalking... Them going after their own for that sort of thing, it's its only a fantasy. It'll oh, they're doing happen. it in the course of their duties, I'm sure. Right. Oh, I love Jimmy Justice, by the way. I'd like to point out to anybody that wants to really get even with the bureaucrats, Jimmy Justice is the man. Go to YouTube, look for Jimmy Justice, and watch this guy in New York City uh, find various different traffic per, uh, enforcement bureaucrats on the street, parked in places that you or I would not be allowed to park, that we'd get ticketed for. He comes up to them with a video camera and just just gives them a good one, man. He curses <laughs> at them and he yells and he asks them questions that they don't want to answer. And it's amazing. Of course, you know, they never end up paying any sort of consequences for what they've done, except that they get splayed out on YouTube for all to see. And it's brilliant. More on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, we ask that you shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. It's that simple. Just start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And if you're one of our international listeners listening in Germany or Canada and, let's see, the U.K. as well, you will be directed, hopefully, automatically to your local Amazon when you enter Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And so we can get a percentage off of your sales in addition. So you'll get the products that you want at great prices, free super saver shipping, and a whole lot of items. Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. As we continue with your phone calls here, I uh, first want to tell you a little bit about SACL CAI. They've got a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top of the page. That's SACL CAI. We go to Eric in Illinois. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. How you doing, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I got a really quick story about the small town I live in since you guys are on the subject, and I got a quick question for you. Sure. Um, I live in a town of uh, the high school I went to, graduating class 100, uh, 5,000 people in the whole town. I dated a prominent town member's daughter, and there was a messy breakup. So, and everybody knows each other. 
Sure I did. got pulled over so much. Really? They recognized my car. And it, well, the, the pulling over was not happening before the breakup? No. Gotcha. And then my dad borrows my car to go to work because his car had problems. They pull him over. Mm. The first thing they say to him is, oh, I thought you were someone else. Oh, that's <laughs> telling. Yeah. But anyways, I'm not going to bore you guys with that stuff. Um, I'm sure it's just awful and uh, just yet another example of how it's us versus them. Pretty much. Um, question for you guys. I really I started listening to your podcast. I used to be a Red Bar fan. Now I listen to you guys. Excellent. Just, we do like time. Mike D over at Red Bar Radio. Good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just kind of woken up to the idea of liberty. I kind of agreed with you guys before, but now I'm kind of full force into it. Um, and I'm a book guy myself. Okay. What books would you recommend? Well, you're in the right. I mean, you're in the right movement if you're looking for books. That's one thing that Mm. the Liberty Movement has in spades. Unfortunately, it doesn't have much in the way of good television content or radio content. Uh, But books, yeah, there are plenty of those. I'll give you one of my favorites, uh, Dr. Mary Ruart's Healing Our World. Uh, If you you want to buy it, I recommend buying the 2001 edition. uh, But you can read the 90s edition for free to get a taste of what it's like over at the entirety of the 90s edition for free over at Ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T, Ruart.com. Excellent book. I also recommend The Market for Liberty, which is also available free at book.freetalklive.com. You can get it in an audiobook format or you can get to download the PDF. So there are two ways to go there. So two great free books that you can read, and both are available in print versions as well. Highly recommended. Wayne, your thoughts? I've got a few books to recommend, too. Uh, the, Ron Paul's book, a Re- Revolution of Manifesto, is very good. Also, if you're interested in uh, economics, uh, a few of Murray Rothbard's books, What Has Government Done to Our Money? and America's Great Depression are really good primers for what's going on right now. I'd like to to mention Henry Hazlitt's uh, Economics uh, in One Lesson. Yes. Ooh, I've heard lots of good things about that one. I've yet to read it myself. So there's so much out there to consume. If you want more recommendations, you can always go to the bulletin board system, bbs.freetalklive.com. Actually, if you probably just search for books, you'll find all kinds of old threads recommended because people have gone there and asked the very same question. Uh, you'll find all kinds of recommendations. But those are uh, those should be a good few starting points for you. Any other thoughts? Uh, no, uh, you guys do great work, and I mean, I've, uh, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm applying for an internship up there, and it's from the, from the people you guys work with at, uh, libertyinternships.com, so I mean, you know. Libertarianinternships.com, excellent, excellent, and hopefully you'll also be considering moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, that would be the, uh, the culmination in all things, uh, potential (laughs) for, uh, for liberty, I think. Well, I'm in college right now, but after I get out of here, that's the plan. Yeah, well, there's no better time to make a move than if you happen to be in college or in high school or something like that, about ready to complete one uh, leg of your you know your life's journey and move on to your next one. Perfect opportunity. Somebody that's just getting out of college hasn't put down any roots. You know, it's not that hard to uproot oneself once you're out of college and move to wherever it is you want to go. So it's a great chance, and I uh, look forward to seeing you here in New Hampshire. And I thank you for the call. Good luck with your continuing uh, liberty-oriented uh, enlightenment. Because it certainly is an addictive process. Once you get into liberty, it just, you know, it catches. catches fire. And that's a good thing. It's easy to believe in. 1-800-259-9231. That's because it's the right thing to do. Uh, hey, you know, I told you that uh, I had a meeting yesterday with the city code enforcement. Yeah, I haven't uh, heard top, this myself, and I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, in, the top code enforcer here. Did he laugh in, you out of the office? You no, know, we actually had a nice, uh, very cordial, a nice 10-minute long meeting. Julia accompanied me as, uh, as a witness. It's always interesting to... Uh... See how people deal with madmen. Now, uh, 
Which one is the madman? Uh, so I went in there to discuss the couch situation. As you know, if you've been listening to the show, the city of Keene people are after me because my tenants in my duplex have a couch out in the yard. I barely even knew that it existed and uh, that somebody allegedly complained. The alleged complainant refuses to come and meet me like a good neighbor would do. And so what I did was I made another offer to the city bureaucrats this week. I went in there hoping to head off this trial that they want to force me into at the end of the month. I don't want to go to this thing, and I don't think they want to be seen throwing a, a, you know, a nonviolent person in a prison cell over a couch in the yard. Maybe they do. I don't know. But uh, So I wanted to make them this offer to give them an easy out from this situation. Uh, and the basic offer was that I'll agree to remove the couch if they, the city people, will agree to only prosecute me in the future if they have evidence of a human being victim instead of all this nonsense, you know, the city's the victim kind of thing. Uh, and also, if uh, so, only prosecute me if they uh, if they have evidence of a victim. And in addition to that, they would also, of course, have to drop the current issue. You know, discharge this matter, cancel the the court trial. And let's see, there was a third thing I was asking for. Uh, third thing. They wouldn't come after you unless there was a victim. They wouldn't come after me if there was a victim. Oh, and then they'd also have to acknowledge that there's no agreement between us because I had actually sent. Uh, I'd sent a a letter to them a couple weeks earlier saying, hey, I'll be happy to pay your fine as long as you can show me the proof of obligation that I have to obey your city ordinances. And so if they could have shown me that proof of obligation, you know, a signed contract with my signature on it and one of their agent's signatures, which, of course, doesn't exist. So they couldn't show me that. So therefore, it's clear there's no agreement between us. So all I'm asking them to do is to just simply sign off on that and say, yep, there's no agreement between us. Okay, let's make this go away. And so I had a nice conversation with Medard Kuczynski. He is the uh, the head of the code enforcement uh, bureaucra- bureaucracy over there. And it was very pleasant, very cordial. And he told me that uh, I actually look like his son, which is good, because hopefully he won't want to throw someone that looks like his son in a, in a prison cell. And uh, he said that he was very ignorant of the language that I was using in my letter, <laughs> uh, which is kind of, you know, sounds sort of like their language, like legalese sounding sort of stuff. Uh, you can read it if you want over at freekeen.com. Um, and, you know, I found that kind of interesting because you'd think that somebody up at the assistant city manager level as he is would be familiar with that. But nonetheless, uh, it's you know it's interesting. I think that there's there's still something to the the approach of sort of using this uh, this thinkfree.ca sort of approach where you're 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 using their terminology a little bit of their terminology and at the same time claiming to be sovereign and uh, just throwing that all that stuff out there like all rights reserved and all this. Again, you can read it at freekeen.com, but. I think that there's something to it because when a bureaucrat who isn't familiar with what those things mean reads that, that might tell them, you know, send off an alarm that says, whoa, hey, wait a minute, you're not dealing with your average sheep here. You know, maybe just sort of let them know that there's something different about this person. Anyway, he also, uh, we talked about consent. Uh, we talked about why I was doing this and, and the, the nature of consenting to the government. And I said, I don't think either of us want, uh, I don't want to go into a jail cell. And I think you guys don't want to be seen throwing me in a jail cell. And he said, oh, well, no, you know, we, don't, we definitely don't want to do that. And I said, well, if the judge decides to fine me, uh, I'm not going to pay the fine. And that's where the cage comes into play. He seemed to be very understanding of that. And, you know, I explained to him that I, I wanted to be a good neighbor. You know, I wanted to meet this alleged lady who was claiming to have the problem with the couch, but she wouldn't do it. I uh, let him know that I was not interested in retaliating against this woman. I'm not going to complain about her property. She can go and paint her house, whatever she wants, put as many darn signs out in her front yard as she wants to. I don't care. And uh, and he also had some interesting observations as somebody who at one time was a manager down in uh, Venice, Florida. Oh, that's right. It's kind of interesting. Uh, well, you say, oh, that's right, Mark, but there's actually two 
people in the government here in Keene, at the very least, that are from Venice, Florida. Uh, one is the city manager, John McLean, and the other is the assistant city manager, Medard Kuczynski, who mm. I met with, both of them former uh, Florida bureaucrats. And he was talking about the difference between the people here in New Hampshire and the people down in Florida. And he had some really interesting observations. And a lot of it kind of ties into some of the things we've said here on Free Talk Live. I mean, if you've ever lived on the West Coast or on the East Coast of Florida, you know that every year there are new people from New York and New Jersey coming in, bringing their big statist, big government ways with them and looking to foist them on everybody else in the area. And what he said actually kind of backed that up. I'll share a few more of his thoughts and and what it was that he had to say about the differences in the mindset between people in New Hampshire and people down there in Florida. Kind of interesting. All on the way here. Hour number three coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Plus, we saw the other story about the other octogenarian lady that is uh, in trouble with the law. And this one actually already got arrested. We'll share that with you coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And the Institute for Humane Studies is offering free seminars over spring break. This March, you can join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. Plus, IHS even provides housing and meals during the conference. So apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through 12th, or Emory University in Atlanta, March 14th through the 19th. You can go to libertarianseminars.com for more info. That's libertarianseminars.com. And they come highly recommended. We had uh, Zach call from, uh, I think it was South Carolina or something like that last night, telling us that he went and had a great time. So libertarianseminars.com. 1-800-259-9231. Just a few more thoughts here on my meeting with yet another one of the city government bureaucrats here in lovely Keene, New Hampshire. Had a meeting yesterday morning. I had scheduled uh, five. only asked for five minutes of the guy's guy's time. He's the head code enforcement bureaucrat, also the assistant city manager. Uh, His name's Medard Kipchinski from, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Anyway, from here in Keene. And had a conversation with him, sat down. Julia came with me. It was very nice, very cordial. I was not attempting to be instigating. I, While I did have a voice recorder with me, it was not uh, recording, nor was it visible. Uh, it was only sort of with me in my pocket in the event that something was to go wrong. I could then pull that out and, and utilize it. So it was just more of an insurance policy than, than anything else, but it was not recording. Uh, because I wanted, you know, to give these guys an opportunity to, you know, talk off the record and... 
and be be friendly and you know maybe we could work something out like an offer as I, and as i said i made an offer to them that they uh drop the situation in regards to them prosecuting me for having a couch in uh, my th- there's a couch in my tenant's yard uh drop that make it go away i'll get rid of the couch as long as you'll agree to uh just sign this piece of paper that says that there's no agreement between us that's that's all you have to do and and then also agree not to prosecute me in the future uh, unless you've got a victim so I, I think it's a pretty reasonable offer. I don't know if they're actually going to take it, uh, but I did ask him to get back to me by the time the trial is scheduled for, which is late next week on the uh, on the 29th. So we're we're one week out from the uh, the date of the their trial. Now this is their trial. They're the ones that scheduled it. They're the ones that won it. I did not ask for this, and I did not even uh, I didn't even get a chance to plea. They entered a plea for me. So the, the whole situation is just an absolute mess, and I'm just trying to give them the opportunity. So to So there's clear no it real up. resolution here. Um, not yet. Okay. Not yet. I, I didn't I didn't want to pressure. The guy, you know, I didn't want to get try to get him a, give me an answer right there on the spot. I wanted to give him the piece of paper, the offer, and then let him ruminate on it or take it to whoever he needs to take it to and and think about it. Right? That's a that's the way to approach things. So you know, I wasn't pressuring him, and we had a nice conversation. Really nice guy, and was uh, he was talking because we actually both came from the same place uh, down in uh, Sarasota, Venice, Florida. And he was talking about the difference between people down there, generally, and people in New Hampshire. And he was talking about how, from his observation, the people in New Hampshire are pretty much leave-me-alone kind of people. He says that uh, they're not interested in what their neighbors are doing for the most part. They want to leave their neighbors alone. And he says down in Florida, it's just not that way. He said that uh, that people were always, you know, calling to snitch out their neighbors uh, down in Florida. He just got the uh, the impression that the people were different up here in New Hampshire. And I. I think he's he's absolutely right. I, that's definitely uh, the impression that I've gotten. I've certainly had less interaction with the uh, the general public here in New Hampshire than than I'm sure he has. He also pointed out that down in Florida, the code enforcement department works a little bit differently, and I'm sure it's also the same way out in La Quinta, uh, California, and many other places across the country, where in Florida, as he was pointing out, they have full-time code enforcement operators who are officers that go around driving around looking for violations. He says that here in Keene, it's a complaint process. So the code enforcers here don't go out and observe a violation unless there's somebody who's a neighbor who's complained about it. So right there, I mean, I don't like code enforcement, period. I don't like the idea that government people will try to tell you how to run your property. But I do like the fact, if it's true, if it's true what he's saying, I have no reason to disbelieve him. That here in New Hampshire, at least here in Keene, it's a, a complaint process. Is so, he a politician? Is he a politician? Yeah. He's a city bureaucrat. Were his lips moving? There's a possibility he was lying, Mark. I understand that, but I'm going to take him at his word, okay? He says that it's only a complaint-based process. And so I found that, you know, I just kind of found that a nice thing, figured I'd relay that to you. Um, and, and, I, and I really think this is kind of an interesting approach. The, the approach of, of talking to these people. You know, as though they are actual real people, because they are. I mean, most of these bureaucrats, and this is what I'm coming to understand, I mean, it's easy to, if you just listen to Free Talk Live or if you're just paying attention to the news and you see stories like what's happening with uh, Ms. Camargo out in La Quinta, it's easy to just... To, to, to paint all these bureaucrats with the same broad brush and to say they're all evil and they're all, you know, terrible people. But that's just not the case. Not individually, no. no individually, they're not. Now, in the system is evil. The system is a coercive, violent uh, system, and there's, there's no solving that problem with the exception of getting rid of the system and somehow transitioning it over to some sort of consensual-based system. So, yes, we know there's a problem with the jobs that they do, but them as individuals... 
while there may be some sadists, like on the police department squad, there may be some sickos, some power freaks, many of them are just um, folks, you know, doing a job. They, uh, they, they, like the, they like the benefits, they signed up for that reason, or they signed up because they thought it would you know, benefit the community, they think that this is what the right thing to do is. And a lot of these bureaucrats, they just don't know any better. You know, they're doing the wrong thing, but they don't realize that it's wrong because they've been told their whole lives that what they're doing is for the benefit of the community, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they, they really, I believe that they believe this stuff. So I think that if we can have conversations with these people and treat them like adults that are making wrong choices... Uh, and and kind of level with them and and be uh, be human uh, to them instead of being hateful or spiteful to them. I think we can I think we can progress further faster. I don't think we're going to get anywhere by being mean to these bureaucrats. So uh, all that said, it was a pretty positive uh, meeting, and I, that's all I've had so far with uh, the bureaucrats here in Keene. I mean, we've met with Fred Parcells. He's one of the former city councilors. I had a, a breakfast with. What about uh, the outrage? Council- Do you think that mean is outrage at the same time? What's the question? Many many times in uh, dealing with these bureaucrats, I'm outraged by what it is that they're doing. Do you think that expressing that outrage is uh, would would fall into the area of meanness? I don't know. I guess it would de- uh, depend on how you expressed it. Well, a raised tone of voice. I mean, that's outrage, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's 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 definitely an area that is pretty much untouched. I mean, terminology re- like you're stealing. Yeah, very few people have actually uh, kind of. I don't think there's been a lot of experimentation in this area, Mark, as to how to communicate our ideas to these people effectively. Uh, I, as you know, call the uh, the talkback show here in Keene, which is hosted by city people, and I make uh, what I think are pretty persuasive points. You can listen to some of the calls over at freekeen.com. You can download the audio there. And I have friendly conversations with these people, even though I point out that uh, the system is violent and this is violence. And I, I, I do point that out, I think, pretty effectively that this is wrong. What you people are supporting is wrong. At the same time, I'm being very nice about it. Uh, I'm, uh, it's hard to really explain the, the tactics I mean, because at one, on one hand, you're, you're essentially calling them out as, as thieves and people that are doing the wrong thing. But at the other, on the other hand, you're being sickeningly sweet about it. You're, you're being really nice about it. You, I think if you're nice in your criticisms of these people, then it might go a little further than yelling. I mean, for instance, I saw a video on the Ridley Report, and I've talked about this on the air before. It was of uh, some of the Manchester activists down uh, – they were, they were outside of City Hall there chanting. One of them had a megaphone. Uh, they were yelling at the city people, let us vote. And it was about this uh, – I guess they wanted to get a, some sort of a cap on spending on the ballot down right. there. And so there they are out front chanting and yelling, and it was just a very – it was a very confrontational uh, kind of an episode. And I just don't know if that really did anything. I mean, it, it made for some interesting footage for Dave Ridley, but it made them look like, at least especially the woman with the megaphone, made her look like a loudmouth, uh, annoying woman. And well, I mean, uh, shouldn't shouldn't they be allowed to vote on the spending cap, though? Sure, sure. I they mean, should. shouldn't the bureaucrats know that there are people that are outraged? I yeah. I, I think you need both of these things. Okay, you know that's fine. I, Mark. Need, I think you need the carrot and the stick. I yeah. I see where you're coming from on that. All I know is I feel like I've gotten. I feel like I'm building relationships with these people, and I don't think if I was standing out in front of City Hall with a megaphone that I would be able to make that claim. That's all. 1-800-259-9231. Don't they say you get more flies with honey or something like that? you do with vinegar. Right. So these are our adversaries. Yes, that is true. 
but I think we should. Sometimes you need to fly swatter. I see where you're coming from, Mark. Maybe that should be your job. More on the way, 800-259-9231. Maybe you guys can chime in on this as well, or whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and the features include updates. You get signed up, we clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about Free Talk Live. Head over to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins are, um, admit to snooping into their boss's email? Shouldn't your business be email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential. It's guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can get a free account over there at PrivacyHarbor.com. 1-800-259-9231. I'm going to go to the phones here, and I'll come back to the conversation, because I think it's interesting about various different approaches to, to talking to these government people. Should you be yelling through a megaphone, as Mark suggests, or should you be, uh, or should be, should you be vitriolic and mean, or should you be nice and sugar sweet, or something in between? I would love your thoughts as well at 1-800-259-9231. I only suggested that you need the carrot and the stick. We continue here with Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. I don't like being mean myself. Um, but uh, anyway, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, great. You know, um, I was thinking today, the subject of roads, uh, this isn't what I called about, but I just wanted to mention this really quickly. The subject of roads comes up so often on this show that I wondered if you considered uh, getting Walter Block on the show to interview him, Dr. Walter Block from Loyola University in New Orleans. He is the most uh, studied person on the subject of government roads Hmm. of anybody in the entire universe. Uh, I guarantee it. He is he has studied it for uh, for more than twenty years. So Great. any question you ask, he can answer. That's that's not why I called though, but just uh, just for your con- consideration. Thank you um, for the suggestion. Appreciate it. Of course, unfortunately certainly. though, if we convert Mark to a road be- uh, re- free road believer, then we won't have anything to argue about anymore. So I don't know if we should do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, what I what I decided to call about. Uh, just thinking today, I, I got one of those. Um, I got a Zoom. It's an eighty eighty gig thing, and I thought, oh, cool! I can get all these all, all these old songs that I used to listen to, and then a bunch of new songs I listen to. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like Mark. I I uh, I used to listen to Dead Kennedys and stuff, and I, I have you know I listen to all sorts of stuff. So I thought I'll just have my own great radio station. Um, this is an MP3 uh, with, player, by the way, for people that don't know. That's right. It's okay. an MP3 player similar to an iPod. Got it. And uh, and and I thought I, I'll have all these uh, these uh, Dead Kennedy songs. And even though Jello Biafra, the singer and chief songwriter for the Dead Kennedys, uh, was a uh, a flaming lefty uh, commie type guy, um, I can still enjoy the songs. Well, I didn't realize how how much the lyrics of a song impacted me. They they did quite uh, quite a lot because I I cannot enjoy these songs anymore like I used to back when I was a, really? a leftist Democrat. Yeah, because there's a song, for example, called Hell Nation off the Frankenchrist album. The opening lyrics are, Hell Nation is where they teach us profit from greed. I, I, I had to delete it. I can't listen to that. How can you listen to a song like that when you know that greed is an important human motivator? 
I don't know. Normally, I have trouble hearing lyrics in music. Normally, it's very hard for me to make them out. Especially Dead Kitties. Yeah, so it probably wouldn't bother me because I wouldn't bother going to look them up. But did you actually? Can you actually understand them in the music, or did you actually just go? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I can. I used to. Well, I used to be in in rock bands, punk rock bands, and stuff. So, uh, and and there was another song that I used to enjoy as a child. It was called Signs. It was an old hippie song. Signs, signs everywhere. Signs. Exactly. And um, uh, one of the uh, one of the verses was. I can't remember the exact. Lyrics, what gives you the right to put up a fence to keep Mother Nature uh, to keep me out and keep Mother go. Nature in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how how dare you keep me off your property? In other words, well, hey man, it's my property. That's how I dare. You know, and it's basically an anarcho communist. It's written from an anarcho communist perspective. Mm. And and I just find myself not being able to enjoy a lot of these songs. I just can't listen to them anymore. Man, I'm sorry to you hear know? that. I mean, I did certainly. I can't say I have the same problem. But then again, like I say, I I just don't really care what the lyrics say. If it's if it, and not that I listen to music very much, I, I really don't. So. I don't, yeah, I you see listen where you're to from. music beds, don't you? <laughs> well, uh, Julia listens to a lot of electronic music, and there's no real point to the the lyrics and that stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I you just, know, it's funny that electronic head. that electronic mu- music is uh, it shows me I'm old um, because yeah, right. I sometimes I get in her car and it's like God, turn that crap down. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering if Mark had uh, a similar experience or Wayne. Wayne's Wayne's an old geezer like me. I wonder if he had a similar experience with the the old hippie stuff. Oh, or, definitely. Or, in fact, when I listen to Imagine by John Lennon, there's a few kind of really communist kind of lyrics in there that I kind of cringe at now. I didn't really... Yeah. When I was younger, I didn't really think much about it. It just sounded good, you know, but mm-hmm. but now it really ticks me off. Well, sure, yeah. And and, uh, and one of my favorite bands was Jefferson Airplane. And a lot oh, of their boy. stuff I, can, I could really dig, but I, even today, but I mean, a lot of it, man, they were just out to lunch. My experience was that I guess I, I just can't tolerate the music that I listened to in high school, the old punk rock stuff. I mm-hmm. I got out of prison. I I went straight to my uh, tape uh, my, my tape collection, my uh, you know cassette tape collection. I put one of them in. I put the ba- cramps, bad music for bad people in. And there oh my you go. God, that crap was awful. I, I just couldn't <laughs> yeah. to, to listen to Nick Cave, uh, you know, screeching and hollering. I'm like, oh my God. I know. Things change, huh? Yeah. No wonder does. you got in so much trouble. <laughs> so maybe it's, you know, listen to. Maybe it's part of uh, your, you know, your maturity as far as understanding liberty. Maybe it's just uh, the fact that you just don't have the same musical taste that you used to. Do you think it could be uh, that too? I'm, that could be too, because lately these days I've been digging on a lot of old blues, muddy, muddy waters, and Howlin' Wolf and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. so I've been listening to a lot lately. There you go. <laughs> Better listen, right, people. Well, Hey, thank you for the call, dude. Appreciate it, Stephen. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So there you go. Uh, music. I, did, I certainly don't intend for people to stop liking the music they used to like when we talk about freedom. That's certainly not the intention. But I don't listen to music much anymore. I like to go sing karaoke, but yeah. uh, I, I used to listen to the radio in the car. I would listen to the music channels. Um, when I started working in radio, I found talk uh, talk radio, and I, I listened to that much more. Yeah. And, and now I, I, I really don't want to hear anything but talk radio, honestly. All right, 800-259-9231. We were talking about the idea of how to approach these bureaucrats. I mean, people have a lot of gripes about the government situation here, and I was suggesting that maybe, you know, being nice would be the appropriate way to get them to listen to what you have to say. Maybe get them to come on board, because if you're yelling at them, if you're shouting, if you're being vitriolic toward them, 
Yeah, that seems to be a surefire way to get them to ignore everything that you have to say. Well, um, I, I'm not against uh, talking nice to them. Uh, what I think is that there needs to be a certain amount of pressure from the outside, and I think that people that are, you know, got the the, the blowhorn saying, "Let us vote, let us vote," apply that pressure, Wouldn't and then the person who, um, you know, that who's who's talks in a nice voice, you know, those people uh, they get a little more credence. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. That way, you look like an even nicer guy in comparison to the the people with the megaphones and the the people that are. Uh, that are being uh, rude. Now, I understand that somebody would say, well, they're threatening me. I absolutely have the right to be rude. And I agree. You you do. I mean, if somebody's threatening to steal your home from you or somebody's going to steal your kids from you, yeah, I can understand the uh, the indignation. And you're absolutely rightful uh, in coming back in that sort of vitriolic manner. But I was talking with one of these bureaucrats over the weekend. I, again, the audio is posted over at freekeen.com. And it was about the uh, – she was talking about how some of her constituents – will call and be very, very mean to her. And I was trying to explain to her in a very nice way, again, being the good guy, I guess, Mark, uh, explaining to her why people are like that. More on the way, and I'll explain that here in moments, and you can call about anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. wiki.freetalklive.com. And freekeen.com presents the Keen Freedom Fest. It's happening this Sunday right here in our very own lovely Keen, New Hampshire, from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Local organizations from across New Hampshire will be gathering at Railroad Square in Keene to promote liberty. How many ways do you think there are to increase the amount of freedom you experience every day. There are more than you think. Come to Keene Freedom Fest this Sunday, the same weekend as Keene's famous Pumpkin Festival, and learn how you can make your life and loved ones' lives more enjoyable, more productive, more rewarding, and more free. You can learn more at KeeneFreedomFest.com. That's KeeneFreedomFest.com. And we're actually talking about uh, what's going on here in old Keene, New Hampshire, because uh, there are a couple of different techniques in play that uh, we're discussing we've been discussing this hour the idea of using honey or using uh, nastiness uh, to get what we're looking for and of course that is the voluntary society or at least that's what i'm looking for i uh, don't deign to speak for anybody else but those who also want perhaps that same voluntary i just society. want smaller government lower taxes man sure sure and i think that's where a lot of uh, your indignance comes in mark and this is what i was explaining to cynthia she's one of the city councilors here in Keene. she has her own radio show it's called talkback uh, it's on uh, Saturday mornings, and actually a lot of the time you can hear it on the Free Talk Live live stream just because uh, we just because I want to stream it, so I put it on on the stream at uh, from 9 a.m. till noon Eastern Time Sunday mornings. If you're listening to the stream, that's what you'll be hearing most of the time. And uh, so I called this past weekend, I think it was this weekend, because she was complaining that she gets phone calls sometimes from some of her constituents that are very, very upset about, you know, whatever the issue might be. There's always some controversial issue, whether it's, uh, you know, the new middle school being built or them building special roads for salamanders to cross underneath the regular roads. You or, think it's like a joke, people. It's not. No, seriously. The, the city council. Actually, and, it's bridges. And the, 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 bridges, really, the really great thing about that is uh, that the raccoons have figured out that there's a little salamander. 
salamander, uh, excuse me, tunnels, um, little salamander tunnels. So they, they wait next to the tunnels and they eat the salamanders when they come out. <laughs> so it, it's, it's really, it's feeding the raccoons. So, so which what, I was I was just discussing with someone today is I I understand that uh, that the devil didn't create any creatures at all, but if they did, they were raccoons. Whatever uh, the issue might happen to be at hand, always whenever you're in a political position like Cynthia is, there are going to be constituents that are for it and constituents that are against it, right? And so, of course, the people that are for it, they're going to call and they're going to praise you and they're going to say, "Oh, please do this. We love you. Please do this." And of course, the people that are against the decision are going to call and. What she was complaining about is how some of them could be quite nasty. Now, she pointed out that some of them were very nice, but some of them were quite nasty with her. And so I called to try to explain the reasons why that might be. And again, approaching things from being very nice. So I might feel the same way as many of these people who were calling. In fact, I think the issue this time was a public development corporation that had been given a like a $200,000 loan a few years back. And now the city this is debating wiping it out. Confuses me. Um, there, there seem to be good points on both sides. I don't know. Well, it's a public corp. It's, you know, one of those, uh, it's like the New London Economic Development Corporation that stole all that property from the people down in New London, yes. except it's the Monadnock Economic Development Corporation. And so the city of Keene granted them a $200,000 loan, or it's like 177000 and they haven't paid it back, and now they're trying to get the city to just wipe it now off the books. they don't want to pay it back. <laughs> right. They're trying to tell the city, well, look, this was such a great loan. It helped the city, and uh, you should just let us get away with this. We're not going to pay. We shouldn't have to pay you back. And so that's what the controversy is about. And so she's gotten some vitriolic phone calls about it. And I explained to her, I said, well, Cynthia, you know, it's because you've got this system where people feel as though they're forced, and they are, people feel as though they're forced to pay taxes into your system, and then they see things happening with that money that they would otherwise not support. So they feel very, very upset about that. And I can understand. They're I was, trapped. Right. I mean, and trapped and cornered animals fight. Right. And I said, I can understand why they feel that way. I don't advocate them doing what they're doing to you, and that is being nasty to you. I don't advocate that personally, because that's that's what I do. I'm very, very nice to these people. And uh, because I think that she li- she's going to listen to me more than she's going to listen to somebody screaming at her over the phone. That's right. And so this is what I'm telling her. Look, it's because of the system. It's because you've, you've taken these people's money. They would have their houses stolen from them if they didn't give it to you. And now here you are. You're spending it and doing things with it that they have a fundamental disagreement with. But there's nothing they can do about it. They feel powerless to do anything about it besides calling up to, to yell at you. So, and I'll bet she's never thought of it that way before. Exactly, and, and they certainly never approached it that way. They never, they just feel indignant because they feel as though they're forced into this system. And as long as you're forced into the system, you have to play by these rules. Then it makes sense to get upset because, damn it, you're being stolen from. And then, in addition, the thieves aren't even doing what you would have them do with the money. So I can understand the indignance, and maybe now she can understand it a little bit better as well. And I did, you know, then again threw out the idea that this is a coercive system. And I suggest, I always try to get the message in that all I'm suggesting is that people start behaving on a consensual basis. That's all I'm here suggesting. I think that, you know, you guys should be able to do uh, your city thing. Just do it on a consent basis, where if you're offering something that's so valuable, people will voluntarily pony up money to support it. And I think that's a message that's understandable. And I think that if you aren't yelling it through a megaphone and being agitating to these people, they might be more likely to listen to it. Mark, you're, you're saying you feel a little bit differently. You think there should be somebody out there with the stick, somebody with a megaphone, maybe yelling, maybe getting upset, getting angry. I don't, I can't 
can't say for sure that there's no value to that, but for me and for my approach and from my experience so far, I feel like I'm – maybe I'm not even getting anywhere. Maybe I'm just spinning my wheels. But I feel like I'm doing something more effective, and I certainly feel as though that the people listening, even if it's not just Cynthia, because it's a radio show that I'm calling when I'm making these points, there are maybe a couple hundred people listening there what, that are listening to me make these points coherently without uh, you know, raising my voice and, and yelling at these people, and I think that that's worth something as well. Definitely. Well, I called watching. into uh, uh, Dan Mitchell's program, whatever that is uh, called, I don't know, Open Mic, and, yeah. um, the, because somebody had said, these libertarians that call call in, Dan, you should just cut them off. We're, we're sick and tired of hearing about it. These, they're, they're cheapskates. They're skin flints. You know, they don't mm-hmm. want to pay for the schools, but they don't mind taking the fire department or the police when they've got problems, uh, which, uh, hold on, I paid for the fire department and the police. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't mind using services I pay for and I want. I just don't want to have to pay for them. But, you know, they don't look at it that way. And I, uh, I called in and I explained, look, it's not about cheap pettiness it's about morality i don't believe it's fair to charge you for something that you don't want to buy Mm. that's what it's about i don't believe it's fair to go um you know after somebody who wants to send their kid to a religious school to to educate the public school um you know a bunch of middle class people in the public school because i knew that it was going to be about uh, poverty if you want to talk about sending uh, poor people to school let's talk about that That but that's not really the issue that sounds like a sensible approach mark i mean as opposed you must have sounded much more sensible and reasonable than that guy that was just calling up to say cut him off cut him off i mean you didn't call and say cut off the socialists you called and made some very coherent points about your philosophy and what it is that you believe in. And it exposes the thugs. Yes, and I think we can expose these people and we can expose their violence, but at the same time, being welcoming towards them to say, look, renounce your old ways. I mean, we won't ostracize you if you're friendly, if you if you stop doing these bad things, if you stop enforcing bad laws, if you stop hurting people, we'll be friendly towards you. I mean, we're being friendly now, but we'll be more accepting of you and we'll forgive you. Just stop it. That's why I wrote this letter to the judge here in town, which I still need to print out and send to him. But uh, I've, I've written up this letter, and it essentially says, hey, man, you know, if you, were to, if you were to just stop hearing cases that don't involve a victim, you'd make history, dude. Well, at least with, uh, with, the, with the, the, the general public, they, can't, um, they, they, they might be able to see that they could stop doing this and take things on a voluntary basis. The judge, however, you're, you're, you're going after his bread and butter, and, and I don't think you're going to have much luck there. There's also some ego involved by the time you get to be a judge, but you never know. It never, it never hurts to try, the, you know, to try this particular approach. I mean, I don't mind going into the courtroom and uh, protesting and reaching outreach, uh, you know, out, outreaching to the people that are in the court. And I certainly let him know that that's something that could happen in the future. Hey, if you keep putting nonviolent people, peaceful people in prison cells, you, you're the one that's doing it. If you keep doing it, you're going to keep attracting more attention from activists. And if that's what you want, well, fine. But if you want to make a difference, then have some courage and stop accepting those cases. More on the way. You can take control of the area. So I think we can ostracize, but at the same time, be nice about it. We'd love your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free. And if you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, then learn how to promote the show by going to promote 
www.freetalklive.com. Lots of different ways that you can do it. Uh, many of them totally free, a few of them very low cost. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. We go to your phone call, James in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, James. Hi. Hey, what's on um, your mind? I had some thoughts about eminent domain. Certainly. Uh, you talked about how uh, it would be required for the government would be required in order to acquire land for that. So, uh, eminent domain is a governmental process. I mean, it's government stealing people's okay, land yeah. from them in order to build more government things. But uh, you can limit. You can make it more likely that uh, a group of people along your road route are going to all sell at once by, instead of buying the land itself, by options to buy land. So that way um, you put less of your money uh, at risk if it doesn't go through. And if it works, then you do have to borrow the balance, but you get a route that's Closer, straighter, and closer to what you want. You're talking about in a world without a government situation, where where some private uh, privateer would be interested in building a road and attempting to uh, to purchase the land necessary. What is an option to buy land? I don't understand what that is. It's a contract that gives the purchaser of the option, like a stock option, for is uh, an example of options in another market. So the buyer of the option has the right to buy land at a given price if they choose to do so. The buyer of the option has the right to buy land at a given price. So in that, you would – can you explain how that would work for me? I'm sorry. I'm not an economics okay. uh, expert. Well, suppose I own a house, and uh, someone uh, – Walter Block is an expert on this, so I'll use him as an example. Okay. Suppose he wants to build a road that uh, goes where my house is located. Yeah. So uh, he comes to me and says, Hey, I'm thinking I might buy a road that might go through this area. Um, I'll pay you, I don't know, uh, $2,000 for a contract that says that if I decide to go ahead and build this, you'll move out of your house, and uh, in return for that, I'll pay you, I don't know, uh, whatever agreed-upon price, maybe $100,000 for the house. And then- I see. So you're buying the option to do something in the future should you want to. At a specified yes, price. Exactly. Now, isn't there, I guess there might be, would you also put a time frame on that in that, you know, well, I'm going to offer you this $100,000 uh, if I decide to buy it within a two-year time frame? Wouldn't the buyer or wouldn't right. the homeowner be wise to say, well, yeah, I'll take that offer if it's within two years, but otherwise that plot of land might be worth $200,000 five years later, so I don't want it to be forever. Essentially, options right. almost always have that. Okay. I mean, I, I, can't, I have never heard of a situation where an option wouldn't be, uh, you know, acted in, in a certain amount of time. So you're saying that this process would be a way for somebody to plan out a potential route and sort of secure the necessary interests in order to make the purchases should everything work out as he intends it. Yes, exactly. Got it. Okay, cool. That's sort of what I talked about uh, yesterday. Thanks for sharing that. Anything right. else on your mind? Uh, yes. Go um, ahead. I'd like to plug uh, a video that Juice for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership has recently uh, released on the Internet. And what's that? If you go to JPFO 1776, search for that on YouTube, mm-hmm. then there's a free video that talks about uh, six facts about the Second Amendment. Neat. Very good. That's a good organization from what I can tell. I thank you uh, for the call tonight. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I believe Paula uh, may be on the line. Paula, are you there? Paula in Florida? Hi. Hey, Paula. Uh, 
we were warned today, Lindsey was on Alex's program, and he warned that something was going to happen before the election. Well, we found out this bailout didn't work. They said we're going into a total collapse. Mm. And they said that people will start rioting, and this mm. is why martial law is going to be brought. So you think uh, the election is going to be canceled? I don't know. I mean, they didn't mention that. I mean, I just heard on another radio station that Dana Perino, uh, they were talking about having meetings with all the other countries in the world. Well, there was a story on, uh, I saw it on the Drudge Report just a few moments ago. I was telling you guys during the break where apparently police departments across the country are preparing for what they're describing as unrest on Election Day. Hmm. So I don't well, know I don't if know that's that, martial law. I'm not sure when. How are we going to know when it's actually martial law, Paula? What What are the the indicators well, going to be? Well, I understand. I mean, a, a, a lot of things are happening with the police departments, sheriff departments, and uh, we, we heard from a guy that was in Florida that said that he's seeing things moved around at nighttime, military stuff. Hmm. And uh, but anyway, um, I had listened to Alex just before he got off, and they were talking about that there something was going to happen right before the election. Anyway, they said whoever wins the presidency, they said they'll have to take this over. Well, they, they also, said this bailout didn't work. Uh, Colin Powell was quoted as saying on TV in an interview on Meet the Press that something was going to happen around January 20th or 21st. Now, this is the former Secretary of State of the U.S. Mm-hmm. saying this. Joe Biden said that, uh, that Barack Obama was going to have to deal with a huge crisis very early on in his pres- presidency, too. And also, next month, the, the President Bush is supposed to be meeting with world leaders regarding some sort of reform of the world economic system. So mm-hmm. this is pretty serious. If, what, yeah. if a lame duck president in the last month of his, his uh, office term yeah. is, is doing this. However, I'd, I'd like to say I don't think that Joe Biden knows the difference between crap and chocolate ice cream. <laughs> well, I heard, I heard uh, about Obama that he may have to drop out of the race. Oh, because, I don't know uh, about that. It's already been proven that uh, he's not a sister of the United States. He, he's a I don't think anybody believes that, Paula. I mean, oh, I see where you're coming from on that. They've from Kenya. Three people got it. Yeah, and, well, uh, it doesn't seem to have made a difference. And it's huh? on record in Indonesia that he is a sister of Indonesia. All right. Well, I thank you for the predictions. We He's will a see citizen what of Indonesia, but was born in Kenya. You've got the predictions from Paula. She has said that the uh, that Obama will possibly drop out. Uh, that martial law will be declared before the election. So we shall see. It's going to be an uh, interesting her, few months. Yeah, her track record not so good. I just like to point that out. Paula's made some predictions in the past, not so great. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Wayne, did you have a quickie uh, story for us? Well, there's a few here. Uh, there's one from Britain where a boss, they call him a boss, faces fine for wrapping his lunch without a license. Which, a boss? What do you mean? What is a boss? Uh, there's a company a company boss, they call him over in Britain, I guess. Huh, okay. Faces, right. faces a 300-pound fine for failing to declare his sandwich wrapper as industrial waste. <laughs> now, this what? is coming to America, too, this stuff, because it seems like it starts over in Britain and then it ends up over here. Frank Hughes, 62, was threatened with the penalty by a council official during a spot inspection at his office and told he may be punished over his used tea bags. The businessman who runs a small scaffolding (laughs) firm works from an industrial unit with his wife, Liz, 61, while their team of laborers visit sites across Liverpool. But the official insisted they had flouted new nationwide laws which forced companies to declare industrial waste despite the couple explaining that they only had cling film from their homemade sandwiches and soggy tea bags. Saran wrap. Yes. Saran wrap. So that was supposed to be declared as industrial waste, and what got... Was he supposed to get a license for throwing that away? Is that the idea? Yes, but they were actually taking their trash and taking it home with them and just throwing it away because it was a tea bag and a a sandwich wrap. So someone was going through their garbage? 
I guess they were just sitting there, or maybe they did go in the garbage. It didn't, it didn't say, I don't think, if I roll screwed it's, up. Here, it's but. crazy. Uh, Bort said it on today, too. Uh, it, the, the, they, they came after them and cited them for industrial waste when all they yeah. had was sandwich wrappers. Wow. It's amazing. And, t- and an old tea bag. Well, and again, it goes back to the conversation we were having. I can understand if that guy was really indignant and really pissed off about it because, you know, he doesn't believe that should be going on. I think that once you get to the point of where you've, under, where you've come to the understanding that these government people are going to continue doing stuff like this and that there's, that fighting them doesn't really seem to get us anywhere, if we just stop obeying and instead just say, yeah, well, I see where you're coming from on that, but I don't consent to your rules, so now what are you going to do? How many people are they going to throw in jail? How many jails are they going to build to house marijuana smokers and gamblers and other people that are just going to be willing to break these laws in in person and say, sorry, don't consent. Your system doesn't apply to me. What are you going to do now? You know, And be very, very nice about it. Smile at these people and say, hey, we're just nice, friendly neighbors. We haven't done anything. There's nobody that's been harmed here. You're the ones that are threatening to harm us. Why are you doing that? That's not very nice. Why are you threatening to throw my friend in a cage? I don't appreciate that. I'd just like to let you know that I don't appreciate that. And we're going to do everything we can to uh, to stop you. We're not going to yell and get all uh, get all upset because what what good is that going to do? I mean, wouldn't they want to throw somebody who's being mean and nasty in a cage more than they would want to throw somebody who's being nice to them in a cage? Absolutely, being calm and, and focused and centered and, and not uh, reacting but responding to people really gets you a lot further. I mean, that, not to say that Lauren has uh, Lauren Canario, one of the activists here. She's I've never I've never heard her yell at any of the people that have been arresting her and throwing her in cages. In fact, she doesn't say anything. As a matter of fact, Cat uh, Canning was not yelling, as I understand it. Uh, she was very very quiet. And I think that if you're talking to these people and being friendly, that might make it hurt more to them to enforce these bad laws. I don't know. I'm not in their position, so I can't say for sure how it'll make them feel. But I know how I would feel if I were there. Anyway, it's Benny in here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. We're going to try various different approaches here, and you should come and join us. Freestateproject.org. Get involved. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.